0: everyone, today I will be reviewing Thor Love and Thunder. I know I'm very late to this review, but I still wanted to give you guys my thoughts. Overall, I really like this movie. I had a good time with it, even though I do think it's flawed. To me, this is probably the weakest movie of phase four, but I still enjoyed it. I feel very similarly about this movie and Multiverse of Madness, in that I enjoy them both for what they are, but both of them have specific story beats and characters That could have used a lot more development and uh, that would have helped it reach that next level. So let's start by talking about something that's been pretty controversial and I don't usually start with this but I want to talk about the visual effects because if you're on Twitter you've seen all the people who screenshot it and have been attacking this movie CGI and this is kind of a big thing because I've changed my view on how I'm going to start judging CGI. While I agree that a lot of the effects in Thor Love and Thunder are not up to the standard of even other recent Marvel movies, I thought they were fine. They didn't take me out of the story, and that's what really matters. That's the bottom line. I've kind of changed my tune on visual effects in the last few months. Like everybody else, I kind of used to judge them on how realistic they looked. But since then, I've reevaluated what the point of CGI even is. CGI is not meant to be 100% photo real. It's not meant to always look perfect. It's not meant to be paused and screenshotted and scrutinized to the level that it is right now. It's meant to provide an effect for a moving, playing movie, a motion picture, not a still photo. The effect just has to be good enough to not pull the audience out of the story. If the effect pulls the audience out, then there's a problem. That's why I think the Thor Love and Thunder effects were perfectly fine. Not once was I pulled out of the story by bad shot. That said, this doesn't mean we shouldn't praise a movie like Eternals or Dune or the Batman that had great visual effects. If the effects are something that stand out and go above and beyond, then by all means, of course I'm gonna praise them. Um, I spent so much time in my Dune review talking about how amazing it looked. Another reason for this change in philosophy is that it's just not fair to expect all movies to have the same quality effects. So much of it depends on time, budget, and all these different variables. So I just feel like it's not fair to expect something lower budget to have the same quality effects as Avengers Endgame, for example. We hold everything to this crazy, unrealistic standard of photorealism that is near impossible to achieve unless the movie is this massive budget movie that has lots of time. Also, visual effects are just always changing. They're always improving. So a good effect today, I'll say that this movie looks amazing. It has the best visual effects. And then in 10 years, we'll look back on it and it'll look horrible. It just doesn't seem fair to me to judge a movie on this arbitrary measure that's going to change over time. Um, Most importantly, the thing I've realized too is that for every visual effects shot we notice, there are literally thousands more we don't. People will see that one bad shot in a thousand great shots that they don't even notice. And then they'll claim that, The movie has this terrible CGI, it's horrible. And I just find that completely unfair. So for these reasons, my official stance on judging CGI is this. If it pulls me out of the story, if it breaks immersion, then that's bad and I'll talk about it. If not, no problem. It's solid. I don't care. As long as it does not break my immersion, I'm good with it. Um, Visual effects are created for the motion picture, not for screenshots. So I don't care about all these people screenshotting it and being like, look how bad this looks on Twitter. Um, I, that None of that matters to me. Finally, of course, if it stands out, if it goes above and beyond, I'll make sure to compliment it. So I just wanted to get that out of the way. All that said, uh, Thor Love and Thunder falls into that middle category for me. It's not amazing, it's not horrendous. It wasn't bad enough to take me out of the story. So that's that, I was perfectly fine with the visual effects of Love and Thunder. Let's now move on and talk about the cinematography. I thought it was pretty solid throughout. Not particularly memorable like Multiverse of Madness, but good enough for the story. Thor sitting out by the sunset was good looking. There were a few good moments sprinkled throughout like that. Um, What I really want to focus on, however, is really the entire second act. That stretch from the conversations on the boat um, up in space to the Shadow Realm stuff was by far the best section of the movie. And the part of the movie for me, when it's finally firing on all cylinders, everything on that boat was really beautiful. Jane and Thor's conversation against this beautiful background. um, That entire sequence was just really visually stunning. And then as we lose all color and enter the shadow realm, everything there just really blew my mind. The black and white, I don't know how they did it. They played with the frame rate or something. But whatever they did with the lighting was absolutely beautiful. It had this unique feel to it. And then the just little pops of color with Gore's eyes or Thor's lightning or Zeus's lightning bolt were just perfect touches. And that sequence for me, when I think of Thor Love and Thunder, I think of that section of the movie. Um, It's definitely one of, if not the best looking sequence in the entire MCU. And some of the best black and white I've seen in a major blockbuster. Also, I love the way the Shadow Realm was conceptualized. I love how they did the really small planet thing. How they zoomed out so you could see the whole surface of the planet and you could see people little people running around the planet fighting. Um, all of that was awesome. Uh, I absolutely love the way they did that. I wasn't expecting it at all and it was a really unique way to make this what could be a very generic sequence memorable. So I really loved that. Let's now move on to the production and sound design. They were both solid. I had no issues. I liked the look of Omnipotent City. I liked new Asgard. I liked the temple at the end where the final battle takes place. Of course, the sound design of Mjolnir is great. The goats screaming was funny. I was satisfied with all that technical stuff. Uh, Next up, Michael Giacchino's score, which is very good. It complements the movie well. Standout tracks for me are Mama's Got a Brand New Hammer. And then the one that plays over the Shadow Realm flight sequence. I don't know the name, but both of those are really good and elevated their respective scenes. I also have to talk about the soundtrack. It was great. It perfectly encapsulated that cheesy 80s album cover feel they were going for. Our Last Summer, Paradise City, Sweet Child of Mine, Welcome to the Jungle, all of that was great. Lots of Guns N' Roses, which I liked. The big standout for me though, was using the last two minutes of November Rain in the final battle. It was just such a genius choice to skip to the guitar riff and use that as the music for the final battle It was absolutely perfect and I love that so much. Let's also talk about the costume design, the makeup, the creature design. Um, I like the look of the shadow monsters. During the fight at New Asgard, they were the typical CGI monsters. I don't really care about that. But in the shadow realm, they had this retro stop motion feel to them. I don't know if they actually did stop motion, but whatever they did looked really good. And I love that. Also, I love the design of Eternity. I love the costume. I love how they visualized that. It was ripped right out of the comic books, which I liked. I love Thor's bright and colorful costume. I love how he creates it to one-up Jane. I love his other new costume, which we saw very briefly, the one with the fur. Both of those were awesome. Also, Jane's Thor costume is perfect. Gore's makeup is really great. He looked great. I appreciate that they didn't completely cover up Christian Bale. Also, Valkyrie's costume in this movie is really underrated. It's definitely my favorite suit of hers. So I love the costume design, creature design, makeup. All that was great. Let's talk about the action. It was solid. Uh, The fight at New Asgard was great. I liked that. Thor with the Guardians was great. I really liked the fight at Omnipotent City. The final battle was great with Jane coming in. Of course, again, that Shadow Realm sequence, the way they shot the action, the music, the visuals, and then all of that was just awesome. Valkyrie versus gore and then Thor versus gore. The way Jane uses the pieces of Mjolnir, there's this really cool moment where she stabs just the handle of Mjolnir into a monster and then all the pieces come flying in and completely smash it. It's just the memorable moments like that, that stand out and make you remember an action scene. And I love that. Um, There are plenty of cool moments like that, solid choreography. Stuff like Valkyrie tying Korg's face to her hair and fighting with that was funny. I enjoyed all the action in this movie, and it was all very well done. I also have to mention Taika Waititi's direction. This is a Taika movie through and through, for better and for worse. I think your enjoyment of this movie is going to depend on your tolerance for his style, his humor, very similarly to how Multiverse of Madness was with Sam Raimi, and even Eternals was with Chloe Zhao. Personally, I enjoyed Taika's direction for the most part. Although one of my major problems is that I think the balance of comedy and drama could have been a lot better. So let's talk about that briefly. Um, one of my major problems with this movie is the tone. Tonally, this movie is kind of a mess. It's all over the place. The ratio of goofy Taika Waititi comedy stuff to more serious, heavy drama um, really felt like it could have been adjusted. It was like 75% goofy and 25% drama. And I think the movie would have worked a whole lot better if it was closer to 60-40 or maybe even 50-50. This movie felt like it just didn't achieve that perfect balance. Um, it had a bit of an identity crisis. There felt like there was a slight clash between the Taika Waititi comedy and the more dramatic movie. And I feel like that's something that could have been slightly more balanced. Talking about the comedy though specifically, although there was too much of it and the balance was off, it was still quite funny. Taika is a funny man, and his sense of humor totally works for me. This was no Thor Ragnarok. This was no Guardians of the Galaxy in terms of humor, but it was still very funny. Stuff like Korg's narration, the flashback to Jane and Thor's breakup, Thor fighting these absurd rooster aliens, everything with the Guardians, Nebula wanting to put down the goats, Thor pretending to own Peter Quill's ship, Matt Damon, Melissa McCarthy, that stage play recreation of Thor Ragnarok, everything about Zeus... His accent, his skirt, his obsession with the orgy, Stormbreaker's jealousy, uh, the goats constantly screaming, uh, especially once they hit the Shadow Realm planet. All of that was just really funny and hilarious and clever, and it just really worked for me. The humor in this movie is great. There's just a little too much of it. But moving on from that, let's get into the performances and the characters um, and a little bit more of the story, because this is where some of my other issues come up. First of all, we've got Chris Hemsworth as Thor. He's fantastic. He completely embodies this character and just brings his A-game to both the humor and the drama. He imbues Thor with great pathos. Um, He's just really great. Talking about the character of Thor, I actually really loved his arc in this movie. He starts off as kind of closed off, isolated, lonely. He's kind of aimless and purposeless. He hides his pain with humor. He's very aloof. He's very goofy. And then Throughout the course of the movie, as he reconnects with Jane, he allows himself to open up and love someone again. And then by the end of the movie, Jane has kind of taught him to keep his heart open instead of shutting himself off, which, of course, allows for him to take on Gore's daughter as his own and become a loving father. That was a very satisfying journey. Um, It was a good resolution to the constant loss and pain Thor has been dealing with for a while now. I really liked that. Thematically, I love how this movie is about choosing love over hate. I love how Thor does that by choosing to spend those last few moments with Jane rather than continuing to fight Gore. Um, I do genuinely like the way they handled Thor's character, and I thought he was uh, very well done in this movie. Next up, let's talk about Natalie Portman as Jane. First of all, I want to mention that she has great chemistry with Chris Hemsworth in this movie. This is the first time I've actually ever felt that chemistry, and the first time I've ever rooted for them as a couple. This movie does a fantastic job making you really care for their relationship and become invested in it. I was surprised by just how much I cared um, and that was really well done. That was a pleasant surprise. This movie also really allowed Natalie Portman to show a little bit more of a range. There were a few moments where you can tell that comedy doesn't come as naturally to her. There's a few scenes where you can tell she's trying to be funny and it just falls a little bit flat. I think you can see the effort on her part to try to be funny which makes you appreciate how effortless the rest of the cast makes it look, and it reminds you of how hard comedy really is. It is not easy, and the rest of the cast is just fantastic at it. But besides that, Natalie Portman was great, especially during the emotional scenes. She is a powerhouse dramatic actor, and that is on full display here. All the scenes about her cancer and her struggles were really moving, really emotional. She really sold the pain this character was going through, she's looking into the mirror and seeing herself sick the conversation on the boat where she finally reveals her diagnosis and then in the hospital later when thor tells her to stay all three of those scenes were really emotional really well done i love her eagerness to be a superhero to come up with a catchphrase she does a great job portraying that all this superhero stuff is just her escape from the pain of everyday life her final moment saving thor was great Eat my hammer is such a potentially cringy and terrible catchphrase, but I thought she delivered it flawlessly. The flashback to her relationship with Thor was great. I loved her choice to sacrifice herself for Thor. Again, that theme of choosing love. I love how she actively makes that choice on her own. She knows the risks, but she makes the choice anyways. That was great. I just really loved every moment of Jane in this movie, and I just wish there was more. What we got was great, but it could have been just so much better with more development and more exploration of her character. It felt like what we got was great, but she was just underutilized in this movie, which was a bit disappointing. Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie is also great. She's a character who was also severely underutilized in this movie. We got a tiny bit of development for her, but no arc. Um, I like what we see of her. I like how we see her boredom with her life as King I love that moment in battle when the gold blood is spraying all over her and she just throws her hands up. She is clearly a warrior through and through and she's reveling. She loves the battle. You can see how much she enjoys it. Um, She loves fighting. And I really love that moment. It was a great way to reveal character through action. That was fantastic. I like that scene where Korg kind of reads her like a book and reveals her loneliness. She's still grieving over the loss of the other Valkyries and that's something that still needs to be addressed. She's a fantastic character, and Tessa Thompson totally steals every scene. She just oozes charisma in this movie, and this is the type of character who is ripe for a Disney Plus show. And I really, really hope that happens, because I want to see a lot more of this character in the future. I thought she was great in this movie, even though she was underused. We also have Russell Crowe as Zeus, who was absolutely hilarious to me. Every choice he made was just so funny and unexpected. His accent, the skirt, the way he walked around with the skirt, everything about him was just so funny. I loved him in this movie. Taika Waititi as Korg was great as well. I love his narration as a framing device for the story. I thought that was pretty funny and effective. Jamie Alexander as Sif, all the Guardians of the Galaxy actors, all the kids in this movie, and everyone else was great. I was very happy with the performances all around. I didn't have an issue with any of them. Um, Finally, you've probably noticed that I've been holding out on this one. Let's get into Christian Bale as Gore the God Butcher. I thought him in this role was phenomenal. I have a lot of issues with the character, but let's just start with the performance. Christian Bale was amazing. His physicality, the way he drags the sword on the ground, his delivery, his voice, his presence... You can just tell he feels threatening. His entire vibe is just scary and menacing and everything about him just feels evil and twisted and threatening and all of that was great. Also, I think he did a great job communicating that everything gore does is motivated by pain, by the pain of losing his daughter. His monologues are so good. My favorite gore moment is when Thor, Jane, and Valkyrie are trapped in the Shadow Realm and he has this super long monologue where he basically just tears into each one of them and breaks each one of them down and brings up all their insecurities. That scene gave me chills. His delivery in that scene is utterly fantastic. I wanted more of that gore. That gore is the gore I wanted. He was amazing in that scene and he really did disappear into the role, which I loved. But my issues come up a little more when we talk about the character of gore. I love his motivation. I love that opening scene. I love how we see him lose faith in the gods. I like how the sword corrupts him. I like how the sword gives him the means to get his revenge. I love how in the end, he chooses love and decides to bring back his daughter rather than killing all the gods. I love the story beat that throughout the course of the story, Thor basically shows Gore that not all gods are bad. Gods are capable of love too. And I think Thor shows Gore that, which allows for Gore to give up his mission and trust Thor. With his daughter. I love how this kind of continues the Marvel villain trend we've been seeing recently, where instead of being beaten by the hero, as it usually is, the villain makes their own choice. They have their own agency. Wenwu, Icarus, Gore, and Scarlet Witch are all villains recently who could have won, who basically won right then and there, but made the decision not to for various reasons. I like that. I like a complex villain who makes their own choices, who is not just one dimensional, but My issue with Gore, and I think a major, major flaw with this movie, is that he is perhaps the worst victim of the underutilization of certain characters. He had the potential to be one of the best MCU villains if we had seen more of him. The problem is that we didn't see nearly enough of him. And sometimes what we did see was bad. I know that sounds contradictory to what I just said about him. But what I'm talking about is this one scene in the movie where Gore is talking to all the captured children and he's telling all the children a story. It's very Joker-like. That was by far, by far my least favorite scene in the movie. It felt so out of place and inconsistent with the characterization of Gore previously and throughout the rest of the movie. Gore was very stoic, very serious, very threatening. And this scene was the opposite of that. This was crazy, laughing, Uh, not right gore and this just didn't match up it didn't work at all if it were up to me i would cut that scene get rid of it and replace it with scenes that further flesh out gore we got his basic motivation but we needed more we needed to build on that moment we needed a scene where gore kills another god to one build up his threat level by showing what he can do and two allow him an opportunity to explain his philosophy to explain his motivations just a few more scenes like that. It didn't have to be that many, just like one more scene of his could have done so much to better develop his character and would have elevated him from a good villain to a truly great one. What we got was great aside from that one scene, but there was so much more potential right there that was just missed and it just leaves you kind of bummed out. And that's how I feel with so many other characters in this movie. This is a movie that feels like it has all the right pieces to be a top tier Marvel movie. And it comes so close, but just can't get there. It just needs to It needs to figure out that balance of comedy and drama more, and it needs to better serve its characters. Let's now talk about the story. I think at this point, I've pretty much mentioned everything. I like the overall story. I like the character journeys. I like their ultimate fates. I love the post-credit scenes. Jane and Valhalla provide some nice closure while also establishing that Valhalla is a place that will definitely come back. It was nice to see Heimdall there. That was a nice surprise. Um, With the other post-credit scene, we've been getting a lot of post-credit scenes that introduce new characters, Eternals with Eros, Multiverse of Madness with Clea, now Hercules with this movie. Um, And of those three, this is definitely my favorite introduction. I'm most excited to see where Hercules goes next. Brett Goldstein is great casting. Moving on from the post credit scenes, one thing that bothered me about the main story is that moment where Thor gives all the kids his powers. That was a little bit too cheesy for me and it opens up a lot of questions. Since when can Thor give his powers to anybody? Why hasn't he used this ability before? It just didn't fully work. Um, There was some funny jokes in there. Like I liked the little girl using her stuffed animal as a weapon, or I think there was a girl with a jump rope or something. Um, So I like those little jokes, but overall, I just didn't love that as a story beat. And I think this speaks to kind of a larger issue with the plot, which is that it felt very manufactured to me at times. It felt very engineered and like it was kind of straining under its own weight. Things like the existence of Heimdall's son, Valkyrie's Pegasus being able to teleport, Zeus's lightning bolt being able to teleport, Valkyrie being injured and out of commission for the third act. And then Jane's cancer suddenly getting really bad right before the final battle. And also just genuinely not being realistic to actual cancer. All of that just, it just felt like the writers knew what they wanted to happen. And they came up with these plot beats to make it happen, which is normal, but you don't want it to feel like that. You want it to feel natural um, and you don't want to be watching a movie like, okay, they're introducing this to set up this and this doesn't fully make sense, but they're doing this so that they can do this. It just felt engineered in that way. And I didn't love that. I also just didn't love eternity as the central MacGuffin. I feel like they could have come up with something better since Eternity just creates a lot more questions for the Marvel universe that they just don't have the answers to. Also, things like Thor losing faith in the gods after seeing Zeus um, is great, but it should have been explored more. Um, it's really just a one-line thing that they never come back to again. I did like the overall plot. I like the character journeys. I just feel like it could have used some more time in the oven to really make things feel more natural and just give it more time to bake. Overall, I liked the general things, but the finer details could have been fine-tuned. So those are kind of all my thoughts on Thor Love and Thunder. Overall, I still enjoyed the movie, even though it is flawed. What did you think of this movie? It's been kind of divisive. Did you like it as much as me? Did you like it less than me? Do you kind of feel the same as me in that you enjoyed it, but it's not amazing? It has a lot of flaws. Let me know in the comments, email, voicemail, or forum, and all those links are in the description. Thank you so much for listening to this review, and have a good day.